Hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop podcast. Um, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. Sorry. Um, and we're glad to have you on this date with us this Welcome evening. back. Um, we sure do go on a lot of dates. We do. You'd think that we'd like each other or something. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The jury's still out on that, I guess. I know. Um, so, for those of you uh, joining us for the first time, what we do is we, every episode, we pick a subject, we talk about it, you know, whatever we want. It's just usually just some random topic. Um, we also try a new coffee every episode. Um, at the beginning of every episode, we'll try it, usually for the first time, um, and then just kind of give our opinion um, or maybe a rating on it. Um, so today we are drinking... I have a question. Do you think we'll ever get so popular that we won't need to introduce or explain what we're doing? That people will just seek us out and, like, know what we're about? Uh, I don't know. Do you think that people will care that much? Probably not. Oh, well. Uh, anyways. can dream. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, so today we're going to be drinking uh, a, a coffee. The, the brand name is called Barissimo. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I'm not sure if it's just the Aldi house brand, um, but Aldi is the only place I've ever seen this brand of coffee. Love me some um, Aldi. So typically, yeah, I love going to Aldi for groceries, but I don't typically like their coffee that much. Um, but this one seems real interesting. Yeah, this one, we were kind of walking through the, the store the other day and we'd actually planned on doing another one for this episode, uh, which we'll save for a, a later, a later date. Due to delivery um, issues. But I saw this on the shelf. It sounded really good. It's the Barissimo, and it's maple bacon flavored. Um, and that sounded awesome. There's also another one that they had with it. It's a bourbon flavor. Uh, but tonight we're trying the maple bacon Barissimo I will, coffee. I will say that the people in my Aldi group really like this one. I'm really? Like, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm excited to try it now. I'm a little more on board with it. I was a little hesitant about it at first. but So we'll go ahead and try this. Um, so we've gone ahead and poured our cups. Uh, now we will take our first sip. I'll blow on mine first. <laughs> I guess a sniff, a sniff of it first. It smells really good. It does. It actually smells... It smells like maple bacon, but I get a little bit of chocolate in there too, so... A little bit. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a sip. Mmm. That's... I mean, it's not bad. It's... How many did you do? Like, how did you... I made it a little weaker than than, than I would normally make okay. coffee, but it's um it's really just an aroma. Yeah. And I can't really taste even. I can't really taste. Well, it's, no, there I go. I I feel like the maple is coming out a the bit longer. Later, yeah. The longer I, I kind of talk, but as far as the flavor goes, it's not a really great flavor it's not a very smooth it's coffee. very like coffee flavor though like what you would think coffee would be flavored yeah, like it well you know what yeah. i mean it's like really kind of like harsh like your mom and dad's yeah coffee yeah so it's um, kind of nostalgic almost it like reminds me um, of like yeah a little um, it's not like, it's not my favorite by any means it still does smell good um put a little creamer in this would make it really good yeah i'm gonna do that now um, real quick yeah, so we'll go ahead and Oh, ahead and I meant to But it wasn't it's not that bad. I meant to what? We meant to I meant to grab some coffee while we were at Readyville yesterday. Or yeah, yesterday. Oh we can go back. So we can try it. Um But this but is yeah, really good. So 
What would you give this? What do you What do you rate this? Honestly, I'd give this like a four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to give it higher, but I'd give it like a four. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'd, I'd give it a solid. On flavor alone, I'd give it a four. Um, with the the maple bacon aroma, you know, the, just the the atmosphere it kind of gives off. I kind of like it. I kind of like the, you know the smell and everything. So yeah, that would probably raise it up a little bit for me. So maybe a five. I think the five for me comes from like the nostalgic. Like this tastes and smells like breakfast when you were a kid. Like Saturday breakfast, whenever like mom would make pancakes and bacon, ha ha. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And, like, it, you know, it just, I don't know. Yeah. Five is, like, the nostalgic factor for me. But with the, with the creamer, it actually tastes pretty good. Yeah. All right. So, that's our, yeah. our, uh, our coffee review for the evening. Yeah. So, we'll go ahead and move into our topic. I'm um, excited. So, tonight, we're actually going to be talking about Disney. Um, Disney as a, as a company, um, as a person, person, um, as a world order. Um, so that's kind of where they're headed at this point. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and, um, we'll go ahead and talk about Disney a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about this one. Okay. So Walt Disney was born in 1901 in Chicago. Um, he took a cartooning class by correspondence. He was the cartoonist for his school newspaper whenever he was in, like, junior high, back when junior high was a thing. Um, he tried to join the Army but was declined for being too young, so he forged his birth certificate and then joined the Red Cross in 1918 and was an ambulance driver. Hmm. He ended up going to France, but that was after ar- the armistice. Um, so after that, he came home and he worked as a cartoonist for an art studio. <clears throat> Um, this is where he met a guy named Ub Eworks. I think that's how you say his name, right? Ub? I have no idea. I have no idea. I should have researched this a little better. But, so he and Mickey, he and Walt designed Mickey Mouse together. Um, yeah. Ub and Walt. And then in 1923, Walt moved to LA because his brother, Roy Disney, was recovering from tuberculosis there in a, or the thing I read said convalescing from tuberculosis from tuberculosis, which I think is an interesting word. But anyways, um, Roy wanted to be a director. So he was in LA. Um, so I want to go back for just a second. Yeah. So he, so Walt Disney born in 1901. Mm-hmm. He joined the Red Cross in 1918. So he was about 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't actually go over to Europe until after the armistice. Mm-hmm. So he was driving an ambulance after the war. I mean, that was the whole point, though, wasn't it? That he wanted to be in the war. He did, but he was too young, and so like by the time he was able to forge his birth certificate in a in a good way, I guess, and like because I mean, I think he was because he was younger. Like mm-hmm. even though they knew, I don't know, even though they knew he was of age or they thought he was of age, um, like with the Red Cross, there wasn't a lot of need him to drive an ambulance Hmm. um so yeah um so he he didn't actually have the dreams of well i mean he did want to be a cartoonist but as far as the director goes that was really more of his brother's deal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep 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 Hmm. um i thought that was pretty interesting yeah um so walt signed a contract for something called alice comedies and it was a series of animated cartoons created by him in the 20s um so probably 
after he moved to LA. So that would have been probably like, because he moved in 23. So probably maybe 25 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Alice comedies were about a live little girl. It was live action. It was about a little girl named Alice. And she had an animated cat named Julius. And they would have adventures um, in an animated landscape. So So this was kind of a lot like... um, who Framed Roger Rabbit or something yes. like that. So a live action person, mm-hmm. a real person, and then a cartoon character that they're interacting on screen. Mm-hmm. I don't and Julius, I, it looks a lot like the, it's the, the clock cat. You know what I'm talking about? The clock, the Cheshire cat? No, the, the cat that, the, back in like. Oh, yeah. oh, like the little, the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. This got the little tail that swings yes. and the eyes like turn back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what Julius kind of looked like. That seems I don't know, a little ahead of its time, I guess. In the 20s, I wouldn't think they would be able to do anything like that. It's pretty fascinating. It was pretty cool. Um, So, in 1924, Walt and his brother Roy uh, found Disney Brothers Studios. Um, And then they hired Ub Ewerks. Disney Brothers Studios. Huh. Mm -hmm. I've never heard it referred to like that. I mean, obviously it's not anymore, but I didn't know that's how it originally started mm-hmm. so and then so because um walt had left up behind in wherever he was living at the time i don't think he was in chicago um because he was you know wanted to move and be with his brother and all that stuff but then um he and his brother founded the company and then they hired up on so then in 1925 they hired ink artist Lillian Bounds who would later become Walt's wife which I thought was super super interesting because later on Disney the company um when it grew he did not hire women for the inking and painting department. Hmm. And I'm curious, I'm wondering how much of that was his wife's doing because, like, you hired me for this job and then you married me, so we're not going to have any of that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. Although, I'm kind of, I'm surprised that he hired her in the first place. I'm not so much surprised that he would, like, discriminate or anything, just given how much of an anti-Semite he was. Actually, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it is pretty interesting. Like basically the, the rejection letters, you can Google rejection letters and they, and it says that, oh, like no women work. Like it's a, it's a men only department for the inking and, or like inking and painting department. Well, at the time, because I can see it in the twenties, especially because when they hired her and hired his wife, she was like, she was like the first one. She was like the Mm -hmm. only one in the department. Mm -hmm. So like back then I can see like if, if you've got a department that's like, only guys are here. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hire a females yeah. because it's, it's going to be like improper or yeah. whatever. Back in the 20s, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I guess I can see that. Sexism. Yeah. <laughs> At its finest. Yeah. Okay. So in 1928, Walt tried to negotiate better pay for his work because some of his work was still owned by someone else from when he was making Alice, the Alice comedies. Um, he also made um, some cartoons called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So, and they were still just like a for hire kind of company. They weren't their own thing Hmm. at this point. But they ended up not paying him more, and they attempted to start their own cartoon production company, taking over half of Walt Disney's staff with them. Ooh. Yeah. Um, So, during this time in uh, 1928, Walt and Ub then created Mickey Mouse. Yes. So Mickey's original name was going to be Mortimer, but Lillian convinced him to change it because Mortimer sounded pretentious. 
I don't know, Mortimer Mouse kind of sounds awesome. Well, that ends up being Mickey's, like, nemesis later on. <laughs> mm. glad, um, he, glad he saved it, though. Yeah. Um, so the first licensing for the character happened around this same time, actually. A man paid Walt Disney um, $300 to put Mickey on some pencil cases or something. Um, and then that's whenever merchandising started. Hmm. It was only 300 bucks to get a license to put Mickey on something. So this was the first licensing of just for that character. Not yeah, because that's the only general. character they had at that point. Right. Uh, I, I thought you meant like that's when people started to license characters. No, no, no. Okay. No, like this is when Mickey first got licensed. Okay. Um, sorry, drinking more coffee. Um, Walt and Ub and Disney Brothers Studios went on to make a lot of developments in sound and animation techniques. Um, fun fact, Walt actually held the patent for Technicolor for two years, technically making him the only animator allowed to, by law, to make uh, color animated films. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, international law was probably different, or, like, was not as, yeah. you know. So, I mean, people overseas could probably do it, but, yeah, technically, he was the only one who was allowed to. Um, so, they had always made shorts. Um, there's a ton of information on all of the shorts that he made. Uh, but in 1934, Walt decided to make a feature-length film. They spent four years working on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people called this Disney's folly, quote-unquote, um, because they were for sure it was going to flop. Right. Um, it was the first animated feature made in full color and sound, and it cost $1.5 million to produce. That's a lot of money. Yeah, especially in 1934. Yeah. $1.5 million. Gosh. Yeah. yeah, and it was three times over budget. Really? Yep. Oof. Yeah. Um, to make sure the animation was as realistic as possible, though, Walt sent his animators to classes. He brought animals into the studio and hired actors so that the animators could study realistic movements. Um... So, to portray the changing perspective of the background, this is really interesting. As the camera moved through a scene, Disney's animators developed a multi-pane camera, hmm. um, which allowed drawings on pieces of glass to be set at various distances from the camera, and it created the illusion of, of depth. So, basically, the camera could move through the scene. Right. Yeah, it was, It's and, like, it's all done, like, animated. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I just want to dive into these numbers just a little bit. So uh, it cost $1.5 million to produce. Um, it was three times over budget. But it looks like it grossed $3.5 million uh, in the United States and Canada. Mm -hmm. And by 1939, its gross internationally amounted to $6.5 million. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's and a like, lot of money <laughs> before 1940. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that kind of like fueled him to make some other movies. And um, I forget the next one that's after that. I want to say it was Sleeping Beauty was one of the ones that was right after that. And that one actually didn't do so well. Mm -hmm. um, and he had a couple of movies that didn't do so well after Snow White. Uh, and so like, it's good that Snow White did so well mm -hmm. because he was able to like continue, even though, you know, the next two films didn't go quite um as well. Right. Um, so Walt Disney as a person apparently was really different than his public persona, which he said. He's just like, I'm not, I'm not Walt Disney or whatever. Like, the character Disney is not really me because I drink and I smoke and Disney would never do that. Mm -hmm. um, 
And one person who worked with him said that um, when Walt said that'll work, it was considered like the highest form of praise because he didn't, he had like huge, like high, high, high standards. Um, and he did not give praise at all. Hmm. He gave financial like bonuses instead. So like that'll work was kind of like, oh, thank God. Like, right. oh, yes. So I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Because you would think that he would be like so nice. <laughs> I mean, I so wouldn't nice. just because I've heard a lot of things over the years. But so, yes. So and just kind of knowing how like companies and like executives were back in the day. Yeah. Okay. I'm not really surprised. So this isn't the so there's some notes on this, but I didn't include all of them. So like there's been a rumor that he was an anti Semite, which you were referring to earlier. Yeah. Um none of his employees, even the ones who like could not stand him, have ever corroborated this. Um from my research, like he kind of pandered, really. He wasn't like known to be um openly racist. Mm-hmm. Or, like, discriminatory like that. But he definitely did pander to... And he, like, apparently gave, like, a Nazi a tour of, like, the Disney studios and stuff like that. So, like, he, he didn't necess- he didn't stand up against it. <laughs> right. So, um, a lot of it was... Like, a lot of it came from, like, culturally insensitive stereotypes in the movies at the time. Right, so just his, like, general business practices were, like, problematic. Right, okay. right. Um, but, yeah, nobody said that they heard him, like, make any open, like, openly anti-Semitic remarks or anything like that, but he didn't necessarily discourage. Right. Or, like, stand up against it, you know? So. And then also the stereotypes and stuff that he Portrayed in, in the, yeah. In his films. And, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's kind of, like... I mean, I feel like now, like, we could say, yes, like, that's anti-Semitic behavior, you know, but... Yeah, but, I mean, back then, though, it wasn't a big thing to just say a joke. Yeah. Draw a character. Because I didn't like, know... To, 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 you know, to yeah. to give credence to those... Um, stereotypes. Stereotypes. Like, people it weren't woke. It wasn't a big deal. People yeah. weren't woke. Yeah. And at the end of the day, all your faves are pro- problematic, so... True. But, yeah, um... Let's see. I see. I see something. We've got Disneyland. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Disneyland was opened in July of 1955 in Anaheim, California. Six thousand invitations um, to opening day were mailed out, and by the afternoon of opening day, twenty-eight thousand ticket holders were trying to get in. In and most of the tickets were counterfeit. Oh wow! Yeah. So it was kind of a disaster, actually, because the asphalt was laid the night before. And so it literally was still steaming hot. And it was like one of the hottest days on record. Um, and heels got stuck in it. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> the night before it opens is when they poured the asphalt for this thing? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a disaster at first. And there was like a plumbing strike that happened. So a number of fountains and stuff weren't working. Hmm. Um, but... Ten years later, by 1965, the park was on the upswing and people definitely really liked what it had to offer. Right. Um, Walt Disney died in 1966 from lung cancer. And Roy took over the company. And then in 1971... So Roy, his brother, Mm -hmm. 
took over the company after Walt died. But the reason Walt went out to <laughs> L.A. was because his brother was dying of tuberculosis. Yeah. Or recovering. Convalescing. But he ended up outliving Walt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then Roy's, I think, Roy's kids now. Or they then went took over the company. I don't think it's in the family anymore. But No. Um, so in 1971, Disney World opened in Florida. Um, once we go to Disney World, can we please do an episode? On yeah. That? And I just want to let you know, like, because obviously, guys, like, we've never been to Disney World or Disneyland. And I'm going to warn you. Uh, when uh, when we go, I might cry the entire time because it's just so magical. <laughs> I'm so excited. Everybody's hyped up Disney World as like the best place to be and like the happiest place. place. On Earth. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, okay, so in the late '80s and early '90s, Disney started dominating the box office. Like that's whenever they really were kind of like, oh heck yeah, Disney's right. a thing. Um, so, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Three Men and a Baby, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Dick Tracy, Pretty Woman, and Sister Act, each passed the $100 million milestone. So, I find it interesting here. So, here when they started dominating everything, this is when they kind of moved out of the cartooning realm. Well, they had, right? yes, they had some, n- like, non-cartoon movies, but these movies are the ones that really kind of, like, took it and, like... Made, made Disney kind of more... Because they did have a few other ones th- before this that were live action um, that really didn't do very well. But these are the ones that really kind of put Disney's name... Like, made a household name, I guess I would say. Hmm. Um, so, and then in 1994, Disney ventured onto Broadway with a very, very, very successful stage production of one of our favorite movies, Beauty and the Beast. I didn't know it started out on Broadway. It didn't start out there, but no. like that's in 1994 is when it moved to Broadway. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing, that's kind of the history up until we were, you know, four or so. Yeah. But this next part, I kind of want to talk about a little bit. Um, so in, ni- in early 1996, Disney completed its acquisition of Capital City slash ABCs. ABC. The nineteen billion dollar transaction was the second largest in the U- in like the in history. It brought the um, it brought like tons of television networks to Disney. So TV stations, twenty one radio stations, seven newspapers, and the ownership of four cable networks. Hmm. Um, so the years that followed the acquisition were like tons of popular live action uh, films, such as Mr. Holland's Opus great movie flubber con air armageddon and the sixth sense and i kind of I never realized that armageddon and the sixth sense were disney movies they're probably touchstone they're probably under trademarked yeah. under their touchstone yeah, yeah. but <laughs> technically they're disney movies yeah yeah so that makes bruce willis a disney princess <laughs> that's true bruce willis is a disney princess uh, so I've, and I do have the link here for yeah, the so, acquisitions, and I so want to talk about So I've got a list a here of, of of just the acquisitions after that. So, um, or some of it kind of covers some of that, and then obviously everyone knows uh, Disney has slowly taken over the world. Yeah, they the own fact. everything. They really do everything. Um, and if they don't own it yet, they will. They will. Like um, they're going to take over the world. So, just a quick rundown of of their acquisitions. Nineteen ninety three, they bought Miramax Films. 
1996, Capital Cities and ABC, which you had already gone over some of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, 98, Star Wave. 99, InfoSeek. Um, so this was... This table here, so Disney acquired those two companies, Starwave and InfoSeek, to create their own internet search engine, Go.com. I've never heard of Go.com, but that seems insane. Yeah. That Disney also was trying to control the internet. Right. Uh, 2001, Fox Family Worldwide, uh, which included Saban Entertainment, which that's... I had no idea that they owned that either. So Saban Entertainment, that's... The uh, the same company that that created the Power Rangers. Really. Yeah. So what's his name? Jason. Jason. Jason David Frank. He is also a Disney princess. He is a Disney princess. <laughs> um, two thousand four, the Muppets. Just it's, the Muppets. Just right. Just the Muppets. This mm-hmm. does exclude the rights to other Jim Henson characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 2006 was Pixar, which that seems a little late for me. I know a lot of it, they really, cause like a lot of the nineties movies, like Toy Story and a lot of those like CGI animation movies, they are Pixar, Disney Pixar, but they were more like team ups. Apparently there's some like, there was some bad blood because mm-hmm. like whenever about CGI animation and like people were let go from Disney for trying to move towards CGI animation. Hmm. Um, and then they started, from what I understand, they started Pixar and Pixar, and then Disney just was like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll take you now. I've heard that, actually. Now that, now that you say that, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, so the people that founded Pixar came from, from Disney, Disney originally. Yeah. They left Disney and, and created Pixar. Mm-hmm. And then they teamed up, mm-hmm. made a few movies, and then Disney's and like, then Disney hey, we like that. Like, we're going to take gonna that. We're going to take that. And then they bought them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2009, one of the uh, the most notable acquisitions um, that really just got a lot of, of public face um, or public interest uh, was the Marvel acquisition. And you are drinking out of a Marvel cup. So you're yeah. drinking out of... Bruce yeah. Banner is a Disney princess. Yes. Thor is a Disney princess as well. Oh, my gosh. Um... But yeah, so they bought Marvel in 2009, and that's really what skyrocketed the MCU. According to Wikipedia, though, it says that it was only bought... Oh. Oh, yeah, it was only bought for $4 billion, which doesn't seem like a lot. And it looks like that was also lumped in with Lucasfilm. Uh, well, those were... No, they couldn't have been lumped in together because they bought them at two different times, so I'm not sure... Wikipedia could be wrong. I think it's just because they were about the same price. They're about the same price. But it, that seems low for Marvel. Not at the Marvel. time. Not at the time because they weren't that huge. They only had a few movies. That's a good point. I mean, the guys. biggest thing, like, they had the comics, yeah, but, like, they weren't, like, a mainstream, like, you know, they weren't huge like they are now. They had, like, I think Iron Man came out in 2007. Um, they had a couple of Hulk films. I mean, that was really. That was really it. They didn't really have a whole lot. It was after this that they started just cranking them out. Yeah. Um, so Marvel became worth a lot more. But, I mean, $4 billion would not be a, a bad price for them at the time. But, it, it see, <clears throat> it says that for Lucasfilm, too, in 2012. So Disney buys Lucasfilm in 2012. Yeah, and three it also years says, later. It says that it's also $4 billion, which that seems kind of low for, like, the Star Wars franchise, really. Like, that's... Because, I mean, that's I mean, a huge franchise. Yeah, but, again, 
they had their movies. A lot of the other stuff, the extended universe stuff, that was all like, that was all like, a lot of it's like fan fiction stuff. That's true. So It does say here on Wikipedia, it says, dating back to the 80s, Disney had the exclusive theme park rights for Lucasfilm franchise. And then later in, obviously, 2012, um, they decided to purchase them. So hmm. I think that that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So then uh, 2015, they buy Maker Studios. Uh, never heard of them. This was renamed Digital, renamed Disney Digital Network in 2017. It was moved under the management of Disney Interactive. Um, I'm not really sure what Maker Studios was, but... I don't know. Um, American Multi-Channel Network, located in Culver City, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. It's I don't know. interesting. Uh, but anyways, moving on. 2017, they buy BAM Tech. And it looks like it was like for uh, streaming services. Yeah, this was to help lay out the framework for the streaming platform, which we now have Disney Plus. Yes, yeah, so um, good. Which, if you don't have that, get it. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and then, uh, of course, 2019, the most recent acquisition, they bought 21st Century Fox. And now I'm. $71.3 billion. Yeah. Dang. But do you know what that means, though? What's that? That means that X Men can finally be reunited with the yeah. Marvel family, and yeah, I am so excited. <laughs> and it also means I'm surprised means that... they haven't bought Dis- uh, haven't bought Sony yet. Oh, which I think Sony is a derivative of ABC, so technically I think they do. Right? Mm. I don't know, but it also means so. that it also means that Anastasia is finally a Disney princess too. So that's I'm pretty excited about that too. Yeah, that's cool. But. It looks like the reason why they bought 21st Century Fox is actually for Disney Plus, so that they would have more movies. Right. Um, so. I and that's that, was... that makes a lot of sense because I remember like when we got Disney Plus and looking through, you know, just looking through a lot of the movies and stuff they had on there, and I was just like, I had no, no idea, idea these were Disney, Disney yeah, movies. Exactly. Like hundreds on there. Mm-hmm. So now that makes sense that they just actually just bought a lot of those just so that they would have control over them yeah um okay are you ready for some facts yeah and little easter eggs and all that about disney yeah okay so feral cats roam disney world Mm -hmm. um to keep the mice under control really yep feral cats yep which means so like they keep them feral so that like they don't bother mice well yes and so they don't bother people and they like hide during the day and they come out at uh, night when the park's closed that's cool yeah i don't know so how is that would... like something like do they just like not get rid of them or did they like bring them in for this i don't know I, that's a good question because i know in a in um <clears throat> in california they have like a, a trapping program where they like trap feral cats and like tag their ears and, and like world. <laughs> i don't know take them to the happiest place on earth but they like spay and neuter them and you know give them like keep them like healthy and to kind of control the feral cat population yeah so i don't know if like the cats came from that kind of program Mm -hmm. or if they just we have a program like that here in nashville really oh that's so cool that makes me happy Um, one of my old managers his fiance was like worked with something that did that that's cool yeah so i don't know if they do that i don't know if they just kind of like we don't you don't have to leave or if they Mm -hmm. i don't know but i just think it's so cool that they're just like oh yeah cool you can you can do your thing Hmm. um interesting Another fact, uh, Dumbo is the shortest film. Another really? hot take, it's also the creepiest film, in my opinion. I was never really a fan of Dumbo. It's creepy. Um, 
I think I have it on VHS somewhere, probably we at do. my mom's house. We actually, it's out there in the living room. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We still um, have it. So I don't, I, I don't think, I, I haven't watched it since I was probably like five. It creeped um, me out. I think I've only watched it like once or twice, really. I didn't, yeah, I never really liked it that much. I but love I didn't elephants. realize it was so short. I love elephants, yeah. but it creeps me out. How long is it? <laughs> I don't know, but it's the shortest one. Let's see. To Google. While you do that. Um, so the actor who voiced Abu also voiced Scooby-Doo's Fred Jones. Really? Yes. How cool is that? What? That's that's crazy. I think, and I mean like Abu is just like, he's a, he's a monkey. Like Yeah. <laughs> how like, he doesn't talk a whole lot. He doesn't say any words, but voice acting is like so crazy to me. Uh, so apparently the original Dumbo, the 1941 Dumbo, was one hour and four minutes long. Oh. So, I mean, that's usually including like credits and stuff too. So really, this that was less than short. an hour. Yeah, that's really I never short. realized it was that short. Um, ooh, you'll enjoy this next fact. Um, more than 400 Jack Skellington heads were used um, in the making of... Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, Nightmare Before Christmas. For some reason, I want to say Nightmare on Elm Street, and that is not the same thing. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, more than 400, really? That seems like a lot. Yeah. It seems excessive. Yeah. Okay. Um, Disney films are famous for their absentee mothers, from Pinocchio to the Jungle Book. Many believe that this trend was the result of Disney's guilt and anguish over his own mother's death. So... After the success of Snow White, Disney purchased a new home for his parents. A broken heating system resulted in his mother's death from carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh. So that's like why he feels guilty. However, I did hear on like the dark, I don't have access to the dark web. I don't even know how to get it. But like when I was looking like seedy stuff about Disney, like trying to find some stuff, I did read that what really happened was that he, whenever they were making Disneyland, I'm like, they, um... I don't know. I don't remember what kind of workers, but like some of the people who worked for Disney, he sent them over to the house to fix a stove mm-hmm. because he was like incredibly cheap or something. I don't know. And they didn't know how to fix it. And so they fixed it improperly and she and she died that way. I don't know how true that is. Um, but he sent like some people to his mother's house to fix it. Which is also not okay because, you know, they don't they don't do that. Right. <laughs> but either way. Either way, I thought that was really strange. The two completely different stories of how his mom died. But anyways, um, if Finding Nemo, this one's kind of raunchy. If Finding Nemo had been scientifically accurate, Nemo's dad would have switched sexes after Nemo's mom had died and mated with his son. Huh. So it probably wouldn't have been quite as popular <laughs> if, they, if they'd gone that route. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> it would definitely make it a much different story. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Disney made World War II propaganda films. He made about ten of them. Really? Mm-hmm. For or against? Well, like, about the Red Scare. So, four. So, kind of like, they're, he's like, do your part. like For the war. Yeah. Against Nazis. Yeah. That I also let tour my studio. Anyways, we're not... We're, <laughs> anyways, um, the people who voice Mickey and Minnie are married in real life. Or they were when they were living. Really? Yes. That's cool. So sweet. How sweet. Okay. So this is like a Disney movie fact. Um, Tiana and Naveen were at Elsa's coronation. Uh, 
Who's who's that? <laughs> that's the Tiana, prince. and that's the the princess and the frog. Yeah, the princess. That's what I was saying. I think you have it spelled wrong here. I don't think there's an H in it. Is there? Oh, I don't know. I didn't think there was. That's what the internet told me. Um, who is Naveen? Her husband, the prince, the uh, frog. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I only saw that like once. Yeah. Um, I don't even think I paid a lot of attention. <laughs> um, ooh, Pumbaa is a gargoyle in the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh yeah. I thought that was so cool. I mean, not really, but yeah. I mean, they they use like the same template, I think, for his for that the little short fat one's face. No, like he he's in the background. Oh really? Yeah, it's like an Easter egg. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I never noticed that before. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Eeyore and Optimus Prime are voiced by the same person. That's odd. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. You, your face. You don't look like you enjoy that at I'm all. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> your face. Oh, my god. Eeyore gosh. and Optimus Prime. <laughs> huh, that's like some conflict going on there. Are you struggling a bit? Yeah, that's... I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> okay. Um, Beauty and the Beast was the first ever animated film to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Film. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Did it win? I don't know. Good question. I bet if it had won, it would have said one. Oh, to right. Google. Um, let's see. <clears throat> and it's hard these days because like there are like two of every movie because they've the animated and then the live action. Yeah. Um this one is referring to the animated. The OG, the original. Um what is what does Google say? Mm, hmm? I still just say nominated. So okay. I'm assuming it didn't win. They were robbed then. Such a good movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so the voice of Lilo from Lilo and Stitch is Davy Chase, the same girl who DeVay. haunts Devay. Okay, um, who haunts our dreams as Samara Morgan in The Ring? Huh? Isn't that cool? That's crazy. This doesn't bother you nearly as much as Optimus Prime and Eeyore, though. No. <laughs> um, and then the sad last fact is, well, not the last one. I have a surprise fact. Um, this one is he was not cryogenically frozen. I don't believe it. I think he is. He's still there. He's frozen underneath the the castle. Cinderella's castle? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, so I have one more fact for you that I hope you don't already know. But do you know who voiced um, Thomas in Pocahontas? I did not know that. It is Christian Bale. What? How do you feel Wait, about that? Thomas. That's John Smith's friend, the guy who shoots uh, Cocoam. Really? Spoiler alert, guys, if you've never seen Pocahontas. I mean, you're only about <laughs> 25 years too late. <laughs> so, yeah. That is insane. Christian Bale was in Pocahontas. Yep. How Man. crazy. As soon as I read that, I was like, there's no way you're going to know that. There's no, no way. That's crazy. That's... I ex- I expected to know whatever it was you were about to say. Yes. That is insane. Christian Bale. And now that I, like, now that I know that, I can't, like, unhear it. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, Batman. Batman! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, that's so crazy. (laughs) That's, that's insane. I know. So, that's the last little bit. Paint with all the colors of the wind. (laughs) 
Oh, that's good. That's how I wish that movie would <laughs> Oh, that's good. Oh, so that's all the facts that I have for you. What's your? Those are some good, good yeah. ones. What's your favorite Disney movie? Um, my favorite Disney movie. I don't know. I really like a lot of them. Probably Beauty and the Beast is the most um, impactful, I guess. I just remember watching that one a lot more when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of hard to pick because I really like And now like that Disney owns them. the world and like every movie ever made, like yeah, that's kind of like asking what's your favorite movie of all time? If you pick it, it's probably a Disney movie. Yeah, my favorite Disney movie is probably Star Wars. So. <laughs> Which one? Oh, it's kind of a tough one. Probably The Empire Strikes Back is usually a solid favorite. But I also am a fan of the prequel movies, and I don't care what anybody else thinks about that. They're they're (laughs) solid movies. Phantom Menace is pretty great, actually. If you don't think so, that's too bad. I know. That's going to probably be our next. going to get some hate mail for that, probably, but... That'll probably be our next episode, honestly. Yeah, so we are planning on doing a Star Wars episode. We're kind of putting it off right now because we're going through and like watching all the movies and a lot of the shows and stuff right now. We just finished up the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing our next episode. Uh, will likely be Star Wars or maybe we might have one more if we're not done. Yeah, because um, that's a lot of movies. That's like one, two, three, four, five, six. That's nine, nine, nine movies. Yeah, no, nine. and that's not even including... The ones that we're going to watch, like Rogue One. That's true. Yeah, so So there's there's at least, yeah, at least ten movies that we have to watch. Yeah. So... Before... So... We'll get to work on that. (laughs) Um, So it's either going to be our very next episode or it's going to be the one after that. We've got a list of stuff that we need to follow up on because we still need to do a bunch more episodes. So we're excited about that one, but... But Disney um, is Disney's fun. Disney is a lot of fun. We We have to plan a trip to Disney World and then whenever we get back... We'll do an episode on um, Disney World itself. Yeah. yeah. So uh, be looking forward to that in the future. Don't think it's coming anytime soon because it's not. Disney is so expensive. Yeah. All that licensing um, really paid off. <laughs> very true. Um, I am looking forward to going to New York, though. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Our last episode was on New York, so we're pretty excited about that. We're going to be going here in just a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah. that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, really, that's all, all that we've got. Did you didn't, did you have anything else about mm-hmm. Disney or anything? No, I just had that little, little fact at the end that I knew you didn't know that made me happy. So oh, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up and that's really all we've got to talk about. Um, so again, we had the, uh, maple bacon coffee. Sam gave it a four. I gave it a five just for the ambience. Mm-hmm. Um, we're drinking, I'm drinking not, out of, uh, maybe we should include that. Like what, what mugs we're drinking out of. Maybe we should. I guess if they're impactful. Yeah. So today you're drinking out of your, Bell. in honor of our episode, you're drinking out of your Bell mug. Yes. Disney Princess Bell. Um, and I'm drinking out of a Marvel mug. It's got a few of the Avengers on here. So in honor of our Disney episode. Yep. Um, but so that's all we've got to talk about. So we'll go ahead and, um, we'll wrap up. Uh, but I do just want to thank you guys for joining us at mm-hmm. date night at the coffee shop. Um, you can go ahead and email us anytime at date night coffee shop at gmail.com. Um, if you have any suggestions for coffees to try topics to talk about, um, or if you just want to send us something to, to hate on me for liking the prequels of star <laughs> Wars, 
That's fine, too. Or give us any information that you have about Disney actually being an anti-Semite. Any factual stuff. Like, if you want to hate on us for whatever, just send us hate, send us love, whatever. We're not picky. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, hope you have a great week, whatever. Um, yeah, we should have an episode coming out next week. Right. Who knows what it will be on. We'll We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll get there. I had a good date. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.